0: Hey, what's up, guys? On this week's episode of the Salty Huntsman podcast, I have Brian Scott on. Uh, He's an Ohio guy. He's a Navy veteran. He also runs at ease outdoors. And what he does is he takes veterans and stuff like that out on uh, coyote hunts at night, and they pop some coyotes with rifles. And it's actually a pretty cool deal. Uh, Generally, I, I used to, like, not really, you know, I mean, I'm not against it, but I'm a trapper. So that's like the difference there. But Brian's a super cool dude. Uh, I really enjoyed this conversation with him. He's an awesome guy. Dude works out. He's freaking huge. Uh, I wouldn't mess with him. I wouldn't pick a fight with him in a bar. <laughs> but no, anyways, uh, yeah. So I hope you guys enjoy this week's episode. Brian's super cool. Uh, you can find him on Instagram. Or you can find him his uh, company, at ease, Doors At ease, it's at underscore ease, E-A-S-E underscore outdoors. On Instagram. All right. So we'll get into this week's episode. I appreciate all you guys listening as always. And if you like what you hear, share it with your buddies. All right. I appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Enjoy. Yep. All right. So, uh, Brian. Yes, sir. All right. Uh, now, you recently started uh, your own business, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I kind of wanted to lead off with that and just have you uh, explain that real quick because, um, you know, I think it's a really good thing what you're doing, and I think a lot of people need to know about it. So if you just want to explain, you know, I mean, give, you know, give the title of your business and what you're all about.
1: Yeah. So the business is called At Ease Outdoors, <clears throat> and uh, I've always kind of believed that if you have a talent, you should use it for something bigger than yourself. And uh, when I was a competitive power lifter Uh, my wife and I competed in an organization that helped out children with uh, uh, terminal illnesses and uh, uh, you know just they were they were in a bad position and we were able to raise a lot of money for them since retiring from that and uh, really getting into hunting a lot deeper um, I realized that I wanted to use my skill in coyote hunting uh, for something bigger than myself and as a veteran myself, hunting gives me a peace of mind, you know, touching the outdoors, the fresh air, the animals, nature, everything. It definitely clears your mind for a bit. And I want to share that opportunity with more veterans and first responders. And I feel like it's a great way to uh just kind of reignite that family or brotherhood that we once had when we were in the service. Right. You know, we all talk to each other a little bit differently.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And uh so, given the opportunity to just kind of sit in the truck between stands and joke around, tell stories. Uh, You know, some of the stories might get uh, a little dark at times, but you know, a lot of us don't have people to talk to. So uh, it just, uh, I think it creates a really cool opportunity for us all.
0: No, that's pretty sweet. Um, Where is it? Where's it located out of?
1: We're I'm out of Northeast Ohio, uh, a little bit South of Youngstown. And uh, I have properties I can hunt in three different counties. Okay. And, um, so yeah, the, the opportunity to hunt hunter pretty huge. <laughs> that's awesome. What's and the, it's all uh, coyote hunting.
0: Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Uh, so it's just strictly yeah. coyote hunting. Yeah. Just strictly coyote
1: hunting. I mean, the summer months, if someone comes in from out of town, you know, like I've got a couple of, uh, sheriffs and a few veterans coming in from Maryland Okay, and, uh, you know, kill time during the day. Cause I'll be here for two, uh, two nights. Yep. So kill time during the day, you know, we can, head over to a couple of private places I have to do some bass fishing. Um, you know, if it's, we can do some shed hunting, morel hunting, uh, just spending time in the outdoors or we could just sit around the bonfire and, you know, and share stories. It doesn't matter. But the whole goal of it is just to have an opportunity to sit around and hang out with each other. Like I said, reestablish that brotherhood or that family feeling that we have when we were in the service.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I definitely can relate. I mean, I, I'm, well active, I'm still active, but I was prior service yeah. uh I was out for a couple of years, and uh man, like being a kid like i mean on i was twenty two I was yeah pretty much a kid getting out yeah. like i had i mean my head was spinning i, I don't know I, was, I had nowhere like I, I don't know I thought I had nowhere, but
1: yeah um yeah, no it's definitely, Quality, it's definitely you know, challenging. Um, i had a um a guest uh stop by a few weeks ago and uh She's still active, and she's uh, she was a member of Congress and such, and uh, we got to talking quite a bit about, you know, being a veteran and active duty and stuff, and it's just so wild, you know. When I know when I was getting out of the Navy, I was I was actually kind of excited and uh, a little bit of anxious, you know, anxiousness. Right. But I remember walking out those gates, and I could see my brother parked out there, Mm -hmm. and I started walking to his truck, and like something inside of me just wanted to turn around and run back in the gate. I had no direction, nowhere to go. It was, it's a scary feeling, man. You're you so mission oriented regardless of your job in the military. You know, you could be working, pushing pencils or you could be full combat, you know, but right. you're still so mission oriented. And when you get out, you lose that. And, uh, it's, it's a very, uh, empty feeling.
0: Oh yeah, no, absolutely. <clears throat> uh, I know when I got out the first time, like, get, getting out was the thing to do. Like, everybody was getting out. We were like, fuck this. I don't want to do this anymore. I'm out. Yep. Like, see uh, Nope. Can't talk me into reenlisting. Like, got me once. Shame <laughs> on me, you know?
2: Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> I, yeah, I,
0: I remember uh, I got out, like, early springtime of 2013, and <clears throat> we were still in small game season in Michigan. So, I just, I mean, I would, I got tired of sitting on the couch, and I, I you know went back to my parents. Uh, didn't really have anywhere else to go. So uh, yep. uh I we have I don't know like uh, about sixty acres that we could hunt right across the road from where <laughs> I grew up. So yeah. I would just take my twenty two and just man, I wouldn't even go and shoot any squirrels or anything. I would just go and like find like a down tree and just sit on it
1: and just and just wander. <laughs> yeah, and just like kind you know of, when like, I got out. When I got out, I'm originally from Southern California, and uh, so when I got out, I I didn't even start hunting until I moved to Ohio in okay. 2008. I was raised in a fishing family, yeah, and I grew up surfing and skateboarding and all that stuff. Typical Southern California kid, and uh, you know, so when I got out, I bounced around from couch to couch and burned a lot of bridges, and uh, you know, drinking and you know all the shenanigans, yeah. and I had no direction. And I look back on it now you know, based on my lifestyle these days. And I'm just thinking, man, if I had this when I got out, I would have been like so much more squared away. You know, like oh yeah. I I would have still made mistakes and stuff, but I would have had something to do other than go to work, go home. Yeah.
0: No, I'm I'm right there with you. I mean, uh like this time getting out now, like this time around, way more prepared. Like I have a plan, yeah. I have money set aside, you know, like doing everything right. I've, you know, all the free opportunities that I've had for like classes and stuff, I've taken everything that I could, you know, just to, even right. if I'm not using it, you know? And the first time I got out, I was like, I didn't give a shit about any of that. I was like, nope, don't care. Yep. It doesn't interest me. Like, you know, and it's, it's, um, it's just weird. Like just how, how fast you mature when, when your back's kind of up against the wall and you're like, oh shit. Like it's oh, just yeah. me versus everyone now. Like
1: you can go either way though, you know, like, yeah, you have to mature very quickly because it is you against everyone or you yeah, have the flip side of that thing, you know, where some people can't grasp that idea and they fall off the deep end. And I think that's why we have so many homeless vets and we have so many suicides. And, you know, like I said, you get out and you're, and you're not mission oriented anymore. And there's, yeah. there's no, there's no programs, dude. You know, like the TAPS program that we have when we get out is, Ridiculous. It's just stupid. That's what I was talking with Tulsi about. And um, I'm going to do like a little shameless plug here. Oh, that's Uh, fine. But I'm a part of an organization called Platoon 22. I was going to ask you about that. Their their slogan is triumph through transition. And their main goal is to help us when we get out of the military to transition to that civilian lifestyle, to find a job and become what we would call a, a a city, you know a normal human being again but find a job and find a place to live and just get squared away as a civilian and uh i, I wish so badly that i knew about them when i got out of the service but uh, they're they're a rapidly growing organization and i'll tell you what they've saved a lot of lives
0: you, and, you uh, could also find them on instagram right is that correct
1: yes you could find them on instagram there's a uh, platoon 22 there's a uh, platoon V S C it's you know, their veteran service center that just recently opened with Goodwill. Okay. Uh, then you can also look up Platoon Outdoors. That's their outdoor program, and that's who I'm associated with.
0: Nice. And
1: uh, But yeah, man, it's, the Platoon Outdoors is growing very quickly. We've had uh, fishing trips, bear hunts, coyote hunts, whitetail hunts, and it was just our first year doing it. And next year is going to get even bigger, you know, and it's going to be nationwide. Uh, we're getting a lot of really cool setups with a lot of outfitters and guys around the country, and it's a really cool opportunity. You know, and, and the out, like I said, the outdoors—it's just healing, and I'm sure you can relate to that. Oh
0: yeah, absolutely. So, yeah,
1: the, back to the transition process—it's just—it's very careless, you know. And like I, I was telling uh, Tulsi and the other guests, I was just like, we were in the military, we we're serving a country, and we get out like nobody gave a fuck. You know, the yeah. people that can actually help. Like, we didn't, I, like, I didn't do anything wrong. I'm just out, you know, and like everyone just turns their noses. at that you, Dude, what am I going to do? Yeah. So that's where Platoon 22 comes in. That's where organizations like, you know, the one I'm starting up, it's not really helping for transition, but it's helping people have that brotherhood yeah. again that camaraderie well
0: it's also a good networking you know like you're going to meet people and you know absolutely. you're going to connect people together you know that never thought or never even would have the opportunity to meet you know
1: absolutely yeah. you know dealing with uh ptsd it comes in all forms you know you have you know your full-on combat ptsd and you have separation ptsd and uh there's trauma bonding there's a lot of different styles of it and i'm not trying to say one's better than the other one's or i should say one's worse than the other right um, everyone has a different ways of coping and if I can just give somebody that a little, just a couple hours of that mental clarity, like I feel when I'm out hunting. Yeah. Dude, that's, that's my goal. My mission accomplished. If I can do that for a couple hours. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> no, that's, uh, that's definitely, that's huge for for people that are dealing with, you know, a lot of shit, like a lot of things going on, yeah. you know, especially, you know, today's world's so fast paced. Like, oh, it is. Like you, you've, see, you've yeah, you gotta, slow down sometimes, you know,
1: you keep up or you fall down.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, man, I don't know how many buddies I have from the Marines that just fell off the face of the earth because they either couldn't keep up or they just, they didn't have you know, like a resource. I, I mean, I, I hear that the VA is getting better, but I haven't experienced that yeah. yet because I'm not out yet. But I know the first time when I did, it was, it was like 10 years ago. It was kind of a joke.
1: Yeah. I have never stepped foot in the VA. I'm working on that right now. I have yeah. a few things I'm working with uh, mentally. Yeah. But it's crazy. I, I didn't get to listen to the whole thing. I just listened to it quick of it but there was somebody on rogan recently who said that he never had ptsd when he got on the military until he stepped foot into the va really? it's just it was wild i need to find that podcast and listen to it i'll send that over to you but uh yeah it's just it was so jacked up you know people going to the va and the experience was awful and yeah. i have heard that we have a va out here that's pretty good yeah uh and i'll be getting involved there and you know getting squared away
0: with all that stuff
1: but uh right yeah i'm hoping that hoping they pick it up a little bit oh no
0: yeah they definitely somebody needs to do something i mean that's it's just outrageous i mean um man i i'm very transparent about what uh like what my um like i guess you can kind of call like road to recovery i guess you can say but um i'll tell you like um combat definitely like when I was in the Marines definitely like got to me, but it didn't really, it didn't really get to me until I was older. And, um, and then when, uh, well, actually last year, uh, I was down at JRTC and we were doing our rotation and, uh, I told my platoon sergeant, I was like, look, dude, I was like, uh, cause I told him, I was like, I'm getting out anyways. And I said, Hey man, I want to do this, this, uh, PTSD therapy. It's 10 weeks. And it's, it's all outpatient, so I got to go home every night, which was pretty cool. But, um, yeah. you know, I told him I was doing this, and I was like, this is pretty much going to be, like, the nail in the coffin for my career, though. And, right. and he was like, hey, man. You know, he was super supportive of it. He's like, just take care of yourself. He's like, you said you're getting out anyway, so, you know, just send it. And I'm so happy that I went to that program because I learned about so much with, like, yeah. the brain and – what to do, how to help people. And like, I really hate giving advice on PTSD because like, I'm not, you know, I'm not qualified in yeah. any, any way to to do that. But it's just, uh, I, I encourage everybody to go get help if you need it. Like for sure.
1: There's a lot of programs out there too, for, you know, people like you and I who, um, we've had our battles and we've overcome them yeah. or we're overcoming them. And, uh, platoon has quite a few of these inside of their, uh, veteran service center. And there's a, a few organizations and a few different little, um, I don't know what you would call them, but basically they, they, they help people, um, get through a lot of this stuff. And, um, I'll just have to, like I said, write them down and send them on over to you. But, uh, there's a lot of stuff out there. It's just like, we don't get to hear about it.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So um, there's all these programs and that's one thing I learned when I actually went to like the PTSD clinic and and Mm -hmm. I was meeting other veterans because you had to be like deployed to a combat zone to be a part of this group, which I thought was pretty cool because it wasn't just like some generic ass like, you know, we're going to throw like civilians in there with you. I mean, I get it. Like everybody can have PTSD, you know, but it's, it's different when it's like
1: when you. A deployed veteran is separate from, you know, civilian. I, that's, my opinion, <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: I, I, I totally agree, and, and I mean, I met you know all these other veterans, and they're, you know, and they, it's to me, it sounded like they went through the ringer, and they're telling me You're like, right. you know, did you know that you have this available to you? Did you know you have that available to you? And I was like, no, because like nobody, like no one tells you shit.
1: No, no, you don't get to know, you don't get to know any of this stuff. You got to figure it out on your own. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's crazy. Like you, like, and you go through this ridiculous taps bullshit. And yeah, and it's some fucking old first sergeant that's like, oh, and you're just like, oh my god, shut up, dude! Like, you don't know anything about being a civilian, you know? Like, yep, it's, it's yeah, just, he's like, been
1: in for twenty years and doesn't know anything about outside of
0: the military. <laughs> no, and he still lives on base or something, and still goes. You know, yeah, he still pretty much is in the military. He just wears a suit and tie, like, right? It's like Jesus Christ, dude! Like, this isn't helping anybody. <laughs> like,
1: no, it isn't. It's it's terrible. It's, it's terrible. You know, and and you definitely feel like, you know, you you served your country, you did, you know, your duty. You know, it is a service. That's why it's called a service. Yeah. But I don't, I don't want people to pat me on the back or buy me a coffee or use a ten percent discount. I don't want that. But it, it, what I do want is the help that I, I believe we deserve.
0: Yeah, yeah, I totally agree.
1: You know, is yeah, I and that's the other thing too. Like it's the hardest part about these organizations and the programs that like, for instance, like I'm running is I've actually talked to quite a few, uh, veterans say, Hey man, you know, I got this thing going on. You should come out for a hunt and you know, it's at no cost to you. Mm-hmm. And they're like, Oh, well somebody, you know, is out there that deserves it more. And we're so washed up in that mentality. And, and I think that's okay. That's, that's, that's a respectful mentality. But if we don't start utilizing these programs, even if you were shore duty, You never left home. You did four years in the reserves or something. You deserve something. You know, so take advantage. My message to everybody is if an opportunity comes up that benefits you as a veteran, do it. Because the more people that don't take advantage of these opportunities, the more these programs start just dying off.
0: Right. They're going to go away because they're not being utilized.
1: So. Yeah, and then we're gonna sit around like okay, now what do we do? Because there are no more programs left. And I and I doubt that will ever happen. You know, people are always gonna have programs, but it's important for all of us to use these programs. And I took a uh a veteran out a couple weeks ago and we had a great time and you know he, he never left home. Um he was in I think he was Army Reserves. He never left home, never saw combat, never deployed, never anything, and he wanted to. You know, he joined the army to, you know, fight right. in so many words or less. But, uh, so he got out and it was like a couple months later, his unit got deployed and that ate him up Right. and that's, that's where his, I guess you would call that trauma came up and he's, you know, people have told him and I pretty much told him the same thing. Like you did your duty. It's not your fault that you didn't get deployed. But it's so hard because I've been in his shoes too, where I'm like, you know, I messed up here. And then people told me like, it doesn't, no, you didn't mess up. Like, but you can't get that out of your head. Right. You know what I mean? So, and on the same side, you know, that there's um, therapists and counselors through veteran service centers that people aren't aware of. I didn't know. I've been out since 2009. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that these veteran services Existed, and they had counselors and therapists that were available to me at no cost at all and I'll tell you what man, the one I'm seeing right now he has helped me so much he's a desert storm veteran, and yeah he was a medic and uh but people don't know they exist no you know, and it sucks it it's at no charge, and they'll do it you know virtually you don't even have to leave your home if you don't feel comfortable right and I didn't know about it until I got involved with platoon twenty two and and uh you know, I've been seeing Tom that he he just recently accepted orders to a different location. But, you know, I tried seeing a civilian therapist and uh when my dad passed away I wasn't doing too hot and she helped me get through that. And then we wanted to go and talk about my military duty and some issues I'm dealing with that. And I had mentioned a few things and she's a civilian. Yeah. You know, she doesn't grasp it. And she told me I'm sure she didn't mean any harm by it, but it felt pretty damn hard and full when she told me that the ideas that are in my head are very relatable, this is her words, to extreme right-wing racism. And I never talked to her again. Wow. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. That's like, insane. you didn't even listen to me. Yeah, that's, so, she already had
0: it made up in her head.
1: Yeah, so I just, I decided I'm not seeing a counselor anymore and then I got fortunate enough to hook up with uh, Platoon 22 and they're the ones that, basically made me aware that a veteran service center existed, but there's a lot of veterans out there that were probably in my shoes that don't know that there's programs and that there's free help out there for us. Yeah. And that's something that I'm hoping to accomplish too, you know, like, Hey, I'm taking this Jack Smith out on a coyote hunt. And he says, yeah, I'm just had a really hard time. I've been out for 12 years. and No one's helped me out. Like, dude, let me tell you all the things I'm doing. Right you know, I could help that guy it could save that person's life. You don't, you never know. Absolutely. But that, like you said, that networking and that communication, that's how we're all going to help each other out. I, well, And like, we get the hunt.
0: Oh, honey's the best. Yeah, no, <laughs> I, uh, no, I think that like the huge stigma with going and getting help though, is that people think they're automatically going to get put on a, like a prescription. No, I know like, pills, you know, like, that's what I thought. And yeah, like, uh I'll just share a little bit about my story. So, uh, yeah. 2020, I was back in Afghanistan again and, um, I was SOG and we were like out in Farah or something. It was, it was a pretty lame deployment, but, um, you know, like late, way late, you know? And, uh, I came back to my uh, little room and where we had wifi or whatever, which honestly like wifi was like a, a, brand new thing for me. Cause all the other deployments I've ever done, we've never had Wi Fi. Like it wasn't a thing, you know? And yeah. I was telling like my soldiers, I was like, you guys have no idea how lucky you are to have Wi-Fi and an air conditioner. Like, and, and I don't know. It's just anyways, but other than that, so my, uh, my mom had been like calling me through Facebook messenger and I was like, you know, like she called me like nine times. I was like, she never does that. So right. I called her back and I was like, Hey, what's going on? You know, she tells me that my dad got diagnosed with uh, terminal cancer and it's like rapid and it's going to be fast and I need to come home. And this was like right at the height of COVID. And all this oh, shit. Dude. So, like, trying to make it back from Afghanistan during the height of COVID was an absolute shit show. So, yeah, um, you know, actually had to get my congressman involved, uh, Fred Upton, and he sent a congressional letter to CENTCOM, which was mm-hmm. what got me home because my chain of command wasn't sending me home. Like, yeah, they were like, "No, we're not doing this," because you know, this has to be like a big deal or whatever. So I told my first sign and my CEO, I was like, and, and they were on my side. I was like, look guys, like I'm not throwing you guys under the bus. I know you guys are trying to help me. You guys are super cool. Um, but I have to get my congressman involved and they're like, yeah, do it. Totally. 100% go for it. And, Good. uh, because it was our, honestly, it was our battalion. It stopped at battalion and mm-hmm. they weren't, they weren't sending it any higher. And, uh, it was kind yeah. of bullshit. So yeah, the uh, congressional letter comes down and, Centcom uh, commander was like, yo, why the fuck is this guy still in Afghanistan? like his dad's gonna die and and you guys are holding him here what And then a huge investigation got launched or whatever, but I got to go home and um, my first oh. arm his dad ended up passing away too, which was really weird. so he came home with me and oh, yeah, it was crazy. It was like me and my first arm were the only two guys in my unit that were we went to like bath, calf, and then we went to uh Kuwait, stayed there for ten days, and then flew back with a bunch of Marines. One of mm-hmm. them, which I knew, which was super weird, like the odds of that happening are
1: very yeah. slim.
0: And uh made it home. So I ended up seeing my dad before he before he passes away or whatever. And then uh and then they just they just said, you know, since it's like COVID and there's a lot of shit going on, like we're just gonna keep you back in the States. You know, it's too much. So I was like, All right, whatever. So they kept me back in the States. Well, my wife at the time ended up like not working out at all. And so, was mm-hmm. like, splitting, my dad just died. My wife left me. You know, I was like, what the fuck is going on with my life right now? <laughs> like,
1: yeah, you get that empty feeling.
0: Yeah, it, it was terrible. And I was like, I need to go talk to somebody. So, I enrolled myself in uh, behavioral health. And, and like, walking into be- behavioral health as an NCO, um, one of the providers was like, who are you escorting? And I'm like, no, I'm here. I'm escorting myself. Like I'm here for me. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Just like, Oh, Oh, all right. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like I was in the truck in the parking lot before I walked in there. And I like, there's so much of me that almost turned my truck back on and drove away
1: because I was, yeah, so- I was going to say that's a big move that, you know, I would, just throwing numbers up, but I would say 95% of us who, want to do that type of thing, do exactly what you just said, turn the truck on and leave.
0: Yeah. I was so close to doing it, and I was like, I don't I don't know. But I, I ended up getting a really good therapist. His name was Rick. And mm-hmm. the guy um, never served or anything, but his specialty was dealing with um, special forces that mm-hmm. had been deployed. And then he took on this assignment up here at Fort Drum. So I got him, and dude completely – like, changed my life, and then, I mean, just totally, like, brought me out of this, uh, just a just a fucking Fuck. mess, you know, of just, like, shit, and he helped me, yeah. like, untangle it, and it was actually a, a really, really good experience, but he, he caught orders and went somewhere else, and uh, that's when I enrolled into the program, the nine- or ten-week outpatient program. I mean, this program was... Five or six hours a day, every day, uh, hmm. except for the weekends. I mean, it was exhausting. To, oh yeah, to go through that like mentally, and that really helped me a lot too. Being around just a lot of other veterans and stuff, I met. I met some pretty cool people in there, and uh, and, and at first I was like terrified to do that as well. But yeah, I, I would definitely like encourage anybody. Like you know, trust me. There's somebody who's been in your shoes before and they've done it. Like oh yeah, it's not impossible. To, to go and, and, help.
1: and I don't want anybody out there to think that, you know, if they PTSD, is, you know, it comes in many shapes and forms, right. you know, and you don't have to have, you know, missing limbs or having to have seen combat to have developed PTSD. You know, like I was talking about earlier, it could yeah. just be getting out of the military and being lost, you know, that can develop, that's, that can cause some trauma, you know, and it's, Oh yeah. And if you need, if you need help, find yourself a buddy that will go with you. Right. You know, if you all, and that's something I found really cool in the veteran, in the hunting community is that there's a lot of us in it, veterans. Yeah. And you know, it's, even if there isn't, even if they're not a hunter, they've all, they might've always been interested. You're like, Oh, i wonder if this would be cool, you know? And I mean, what better way than going out and going out at nighttime with thermal optics and shooting some coyotes, you know, it's pretty cool. And they're loud and they're vocal. And, um, but just doing, getting involved, with these little programs or finding a buddy that's been through it or getting involved with a counselor, or a veteran service center, or some type of organization, they will literally hold your hand and walk you through it. You will not be alone. Yes, absolutely. What I, I learned think that's super from, important.
0: Oh yeah. And here, like I learned something about myself that I didn't even couldn't even draw the line. They you don't know, connect the dots to But, I mean, um, a lot of my PTSD problems came from like childhood and teen year shit. Yep. Like that. You know, um, just I never put two and two together because that was the way I was raised. But I, you know, I didn't realize that. You know, that shit fucks you up. And, oh yeah. And then you throw a little layer of combat PTSD on top of that, and then you're you're <laughs> fucked, man.
1: Yeah. And then you go throughout life thinking that that's just how you're supposed to feel from now on. It's just yeah, it just becomes
0: the norm. Like that's your baseline. Yeah, yeah it's it's totally it's totally not. And once you realize that, you you your eyes open up to this whole world, and and it's crazy. Like just the, uh, just like the emotions that you feel. Um, man, I I don't know. So like this year, I shot my biggest bow buck. And well,
2: I saw that <laughs> yeah. we talked about that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I, well, I tagged out in Michigan in two days or three days. I mean, and that was pretty sweet. Yeah. But, uh, I, uh, I, I don't know why, but I just had like this huge, like flood of emotion after I seen that deer yep. go down and I was just like, Oh my God, I can't believe that like this just happened. And, and, um, I, I don't know. I think like before, um, I don't know. I don't want to take anything away from the animals but but I just, right. didn't get like I got excited but I didn't get um like I didn't really have like emotions in it. If that makes right. sense. Yeah, and like yeah. this year I definitely there's definitely some emotion. Like I didn't like, you know, like ball baby or anything like that, but I was just like right. holy shit, like, you know, this feels good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it's, like you said that flood of emotion, you know, and I, and um something that i've felt and i've had people laugh at me when i say this and other people agree and i don't care um i hate using the word tactical because i feel like that's used in like every coffee and gym (laughs) label that's around me today but there's something that's fulfilling about hunting and even fishing where if you don't have that sort of tactical advantage, whether it be, you know, playing the wind, wearing the camo, not moving, but you also have to move, right? you know, and, and tricking something that you're in their home yeah. and, you know, outsmarting them and being able to accomplish that hunt and harvest your animal. Um, it's, it's rewarding. You definitely get a, you get a rewarding feeling. And, you know, I know there's a lot of people out there that don't hunt and they don't, understand that so it makes them angry when you talk about stuff like this but you know it's for us as hunters it's a very rewarding feeling and it's uh I don't know it just feels like after a good night of hunting or a good day of hunting no matter what I'm doing even if I don't kill anything it's like I'm able to take a deep breath again yeah it's you know I'm able to actually fill my lungs up stand a little taller and it just feels good
0: Oh, it absolutely does. That's what that like. That's one thing that my girlfriend was saying. Um, after I got done with that Michigan hunt, she was like, "I haven't seen you this happy since we met." Yeah. Like, I mean, I was just on cloud nine for like I don't know a couple weeks at least. I rode that way of,
1: you know, I mean, it felt good. Yeah, it's that primal instinct that's fulfilled. You know.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's 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 definitely one way to describe it for sure. I think. Yeah. Um, See that's like see like here's the other side of it though like I have also met a lot of uh like outdoorsmen that had no like passion or no like you know oh. um, like you know what I mean like and it's they're just oh like, yeah oh, like whatever like and I could
1: think of 10 people right now
0: <laughs> Oh no absolutely and it's like uh, like those are the people that I don't want to associate myself with like you know and, no. like you could like I was, uh, I was talking about this with another guy last night. Uh, I did another podcast with this other dude, and we were talking about how they just – there's, like, these people on social media where they're like, I just want to kill my animal and take my picture with it and then
1: go back inside. Yeah, they're doing it all for the media. They're, they're doing it yeah. all for that little thumbs-up or that little heart. Right, yeah.
0: They, they get more there's of the no, high off of the
1: likes rather than yeah, actually being the out there. Yeah, That's, yeah, that's crazy. That's, I've known people like that, you know, and man, I hope I can get something so I can post it on Instagram. Like that's what, you, that's what's driving you. <laughs> like, I don't, and I, I don't understand it. And I think because I don't understand it, it makes me angry. And it shouldn't because it's not my problem.
0: Makes me angry too. but I'm right there with you. <laughs> but at the,
1: same, at the same time, like that is a problem for us as hunters and for the hunting community. If If everything starts to revolve around that thumbs up or that little heart on your social media then it takes away the value of the animal. Absolutely. The animal is just the animal is no different than the tree in the background of the photo. You know, I think there needs to be a respect for the the animals that we're we're chasing and we're hunting and we're 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 killing them. We're taking their life. Oh yeah. And if you're doing it just to be what they call themselves as influencers or word, um yeah. you know, brand ambassadors and oh look at this animal that I killed, you know like that's it's disrespectful and it ruins the name of the of hunters you know like you and i and and there's several people there's some really good people in the industry that have you know their names are pretty well known and there's some good people but i feel like they're being um cast to the side by these just douchebags
0: (laughs) Uh, no that's that's a great way to put it no i mean it's it. I mean, the crazy thing about it is, is that it's actually like really happening. Like, um, a lot of like these good, like, honest, morally sound outdoorsmen that work really hard to get to where they're at are getting cast to the side by influencers.
1: They are. You know, I I went out and um with a guy. Well, it was a kid. I uh, got permission to hunt a property, but uh, well, my one of my partners got permission to hunt this property, and I went along with him. And the deal was, we can go ahead and hunt there, but we need need to bring the kids out with us and they were teenagers Mennonite kids okay very well mannered um very yeah. good kids and they came out and <clears throat> I was able to shoot a guy out they thought that was pretty cool and one of the kids went with me to go recover the coyote yep. and when I got up to it it was you know still alive yeah that happens, happens. to all of us and, yep. and I can tell he was a little taken aback by it and as was I you know like it's a coyote they're nasty they're predators but they're still an animal right you know and from a spiritual side of it you know they're one of god's creations and i feel like we should respect it and i was able to you know dispatch the animal on the spot but i made sure i i don't know i just have a connection with them that's different from what i've seen you know I, i made sure to have a hand on it and talk to it and everything and i sat there with it until it was completely dead and it ate me up yeah but at the same time i didn't like I've, you know there's been people in the past who just stand on its lungs until it stops breathing I'm like I'm not doing that that seems that seems brutal <laughs> you no know? yeah. I don't know man you just social media is taking away from the animal itself and like I said it's destroying the value of the creature right and that's and that's what it should be about that spiritual connection with the animal that you're chasing
0: Oh no, I, like, yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I there is this uh there's this kid that um I hunted with for a few years up here and I don't know. It's just like trying to talk to like it, it I think a lot of it has to do with the the way that you're raised, honestly. Yeah. And and like this kid um just, you know, he's one of the few kids up here like that actually does enjoy hunting or whatever. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much he really enjoys it, but anyways, like yeah. long story short. So, um, just the disrespect towards the wildlife, I was like, dude, mm-hmm. like I'm almost like done hunting with you, man, because this is ridiculous. Like this is getting yeah. out of hand. Like it, it was nothing against the law. Like he didn't break the law or anything, but just the, I don't know. I don't, I don't do very well when I hear people talk down to an animal that's dead and I'm like, it's, yeah. it's already it, it gave its life, like
1: yeah, that drives me up the
0: wall. What more are you gonna ask of this thing? Like you're not, you know, you're not that badass, bro. Like no, I, I mean, it's just ah,
1: yeah. I don't think hunting makes anybody tough or badass in any way, shape, or form, and I don't, and I don't think that they should they should be associated with each other. You know, being tough and being a hunter. I think that you know. If anything, hunting builds a positive character if it's well respected. Right. And, you know, um, I don't know. That just gets my, it grinds my gears. Well, do you, um,
0: <laughs> do you turkey hunt at all?
1: Oh, yeah. I, my, yeah. my wife and I were just joking because I just saw some, uh, cows in my backyard and I went out after. She's like, I know you like to kill things. I said, hey, if it has a season, I'm hunting. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. Yeah. No, so that's. But I what... love eating. I love eating oh, and yeah. cooking. And, I try to do some cool stuff with anything that I, that I kill. Yeah. I, uh,
0: sometimes I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I'm just lazy and I'll just do hammer helper with, with oh, my yeah. dear I mean, <laughs> I'm like, yep. dude, screw it. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it happens. You gotta like, Oh yeah. I've done it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I think anyone who says that they don't, I'm like, you're a liar. There had to be uh, like, some point in time where you have definitely dumbed it down. Yeah. Cause I mean, I've, I've talked to people who, you know, they're like, oh, every every part of the deer that, that I use, you know, I make some extravagant, like, meal out of it.
1: I'm like, you're full of shit, dude. Like, <laughs> I've got so much burger in the fridge, dude, and, uh or in the freezer, and, like, my wife will use it. I think she used it one time. I can't remember. But, you know, okay, that's the meat I'm eating for this week. We're going to throw that in with some rice and veggies, and that's my food, you know. Right. And, and at the same time, you know, like, I've done uh, – I took a turkey, and I slow-cooked it, no you know, the legs and the sides and all that, the the parts that people usually throw, you know, out for the birds, uh, cooked it down and made some, uh, uh, pulled turkey sandwiches, you know, and they're, they were were so good Off the thing that recipe dude, so good, some apple coleslaw, oh, it was delicious, but you know, like, yeah, you, like you say, you know, like I try to make some wild extravagant dish with every part, like, you know, you can just grill up a steak and be good too. <laughs> no, yeah,
0: absolutely. No, for
1: real. That's uh yeah.
0: um no, uh like t- going back to the whole turkey thing, um I I like turkey, honey. I don't love it. It's not like my favorite mm-hmm. thing to do. I do it mm-hmm. because it's something to do in the springtime, but Yeah. The one thing that I've noticed though in the past couple of years is um well, I'll be honest, like I I started turkey hunting, like, right after I got out of the Marines, I started turkey hunting. So it was, like, 2013. It was my first year of turkey hunting. And I had some success my first time. You know, I mean, I, it was a really good bird. And every yeah. year after that, unless I've been deployed or something, I have went turkey hunting. And uh, usually every year I've had success. And it's just kind of a um, – see, like, here's the thing with me and turkeys. is like, I – it's fun. It's, it's like a – how do I – it's like a roller coaster ride.
1: Yeah. So it it's I like, think that's hunting in general.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, like it's just, uh, I don't know. Like I get in there, I get my bird and then I'm done. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, that was enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. And like the way that I see people on social media with how Turkey hunting is now, I'm oh. like, dude, it's not that fucking hard. Like, <laughs> I mean, they're like, yeah, but you've never chased after an old Tom that can't be called in and all this other shit. And it's like, bro,
1: like, I don't know. Yeah. Just, you know, it's just- I've had ups and downs. Like, I, I I, put in a lot of miles one season, and I never got one. I had a lot of close calls. My brother-in-law, and I call it the, the season of close calls and near misses. And, uh, yeah, you know, we put our boots on the ground, and we definitely put our time in and stuff. We just we got hosed that year, and it's – not a big deal it's still you know and um yep. i think my attachment with turkey season is more along the lines of just my attachment with spring because with spring comes you know obviously still coyote hunting but yeah. you've got turkeys. you know all the wild mushrooms are popping up yep. the crappie are hitting the bass are hitting leaves are. i mean everything is just i love it it's that breath of fresh air and uh i i tell people that I hunt that have never hunted coyotes before I asked them if they hunt turkey they say, yeah, I said, okay, this is pretty much the same thing, except they're faster. It's yeah. an animal that, you know, you go white tail hunting, they don't respond to you and talk back, you know? And
0: no, not really. Um, very rarely.
1: That's what I love about. I love Turkey and learning the language. And what's this one saying? What's that one saying? And is this a one that's going to hang up or is he with hands and I, that little bit of a challenge. And, and I love that. Um, and when it comes, like, the styles of hunting and all that, like, I don't I don't give a shit how people hunt turkey. Just, you know, respect the animal and have a good time. But um, I do think people, I don't know, depending on the animal, make it a bigger deal than it actually is. Yeah. In the wrong way.
0: No, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like. Yeah. It's, it's getting to the point where um, the thing about it is, is that I'm more concerned with, like, hearing about turkey numbers plummeting oh yeah because of the popularity of it on social media and and like and to me it's a lot like uh like shed hunting like yep it's kind of like low hanging (laughs) fruit you know like that's just the way i view that's my own opinion on it but it's like people do it because it's quick it's easy and they have like this thing to show for it and they're like look at this it's like it's such a huge accomplishment trophy and and i'm not (laughs) like the Cause here in New York, we get two tags, uh, in the springtime. Uh, And, uh, the first turkey I shot was, I mean, it looked like shit, uh, but it was like opening morning, came right in, blasted it within like 15 minutes. I was like, well, there's my bird. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll be honest. That's not the first time that's happened to me. It's, it's happened probably like three or four times. And maybe that's why I'm just like, I think I dude, I'll be honest. I don't care how big the turkey is. Like it, it's not like a deer with me. You know, it's not right. like, oh, I'm not going to shoot that one because, you know, it's like, I love eating turkey. I love turkey yep. nuggets. Like, that's what I do with mine. I just do them all in the turkey nuggets and they're freaking awesome. Yeah. So, that's the only thing I'm thinking about is like, I'm out there like yeah. grocery shopping. I'm like, I don't give a shit how big the spurs are or how big the beard is. I mean, <laughs> if it's got it, you know, if it's got it, like nice one, that's sweet, but, you know, yeah. let's get in, get out of here. Like, uh, yeah. And, and it's just the drama that surrounds, um, like the turkey hunting community now, I guess it's crazy. And then yeah. you hear these crazy stories of like Nebraska and Oklahoma, like losing, like, like almost having to cut their turkey season out because there are no turkeys anymore. And it's like, is it really like that now?
1: Like, and
0: I, man, I don't know. I, I would like to think up until that- a
1: couple of years ago, Ohio was a two bird state in the spring and we're a one bird state now. And, um, you know, again, uh, for conservation, yeah. You know, bring that population back up. But, uh, I think social media has done a lot of bad for hunting. I do believe that it has done some good for hunting. Right. But the bad stuff always looks more appealing to the uneducated eye. Yeah. And that's what's gonna get more attention.
0: Yeah, it's such a catch twenty two with social media. It is.
1: And and it's like man Nobody wants to listen to the guy who wants to talk about respecting the animal and The struggle that he went through that season and all the stuff, and teaching you how to do different calls. Nobody wants to listen to that. They want to see some dude, you know, with 20 inch arms and a big, nice truck showing a 200 inch buck his third one of the season in his third state. They'd rather see that. It's like, that's not hunting. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much because that's what this podcast is about. Yeah. Yeah. Go talk to the guys that shot a. It, they don't even know what it scored, but they are in tears because they're so happy, you know. And it, there's a, another gentleman that I follow, and the dude's an awesome hunter. He's a he's a killer dude. I, he goes all over the world. He's an absolute killer. And I've seen him get just as jacked up over a buck that might go 100 inches. Yeah. As he did when he shot a 185. That's passion for the sport.
0: Yeah, we we definitely need a
1: lot more people
0: like that. You know, like... Yeah. That, like, that's my whole thing is, like, we have... So, everybody has, like, these hardcore, like, hunting, like, re- recruiting, like, hunter recruitment um, tactics and, like, their big organizations. So, like, oh, well, we need to get more hunters. We need to get more hunters. Like, I... Like, and they use, like, these big influencers to do it. And... Yeah. And I think that, like you're targeting an audience that we don't need. Right. Like Those aren't the hunters that we need.
1: Like, it's become quantity over quality. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And, but I mean, nobody wants to like another thing that I realized, like I listen to a lot of outdoor podcasts and that's what made me want to start this podcast is because a lot yeah. of outdoor podcast hosts, they'll, they'll get, um, you know, a guest on and they'll start, you know, just like we're doing right now. And they'll start talking about mm-hmm. like, what is, what is causing, you know, like what is ruining it for us? Um, and then you'll hear, like the host say, like, "Oh, like don't even get me started on that." And then they like change the subject. Like nobody talks about it
1: because you get started on it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's what I say. I'm like, come on, let's hear it. Like, let's hear what you guys yeah. say. Like, like why are you, you know like a big thing is like they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings and I think Oh my God. Yeah. I think sadly a lot of it is also is that like they don't want to step on anybody's toes or say anything about anybody because a lot of those hosts are also looking to like make it to the top some way and they don't, they're like, Oh, well I might need that person one day. So I'm not going to like, you know, I don't know, say something about how ethically fucked they are, you know, like their moral compass is so shot. It's not even funny. And, and like no. can lose saying that dollar anything. sign. Oh yeah, no, exactly. And like that's one thing about this. So like, I make my own money. I have my own money. I don't need to do ads. Yep. I don't need to do. You know, I don't care who, who's doing. You know, like whatever. Like yeah. Like I have this saying where if it looks like shit and smells like shit, it's probably shit, right? Like, probably. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's pretty good chances it is. And yeah. And I think that a lot of the topics that I like to talk about are never being discussed. Um, on podcasts or social media in general. And, yeah. and it like, like poaching scandals, stuff like that. You know, everyone's just like, Oh, don't even mention it. Don't even bring it up because you know, it's going to be, it's going to be bad for us if we do it. Yep. It's like, dude, talk about it. Like why you, not?
1: And followed, you and I follow the, You and I follow a couple of the same pages and the one in particular um, I love, and I know you know, you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. I love that they expose all of the bad characters in the business. Yeah, now I know exactly what you're of, talking about. Yeah, I love that. I don't really ever engage too much. I don't share their stuff, but, man, I see some of the stuff. I'm like, yes, that's what needs to be done.
0: Well, somebody's got to, you know, like, there's accountability that needs to be held. Absolutely. Know, to, uh, like, not even, like, to a standard of the law, but just morally. Yeah, 100%. Like, because I'll be honest, like, I don't agree with, some of these punishments that people get that are just like a slap on the wrist. It's like, are you kidding me right now, dude?
1: Because of their fame and their money. Oh, it's ridiculous.
0: I'm just like, there's no way. Like if I were to get caught doing something like that, they'd be like, no, you're going to lose all your shit and we're going to take your guns and yup. You're not going to hunt for five years. There's that. dude. We'd be,
1: there'd be prison time.
0: Oh, with some of this stuff that's gone.
1: Absolutely. There'd be prison time, but these guys are getting away with it because they got money in a name
0: yeah and they got these uh huge companies backing them like like i was i was I was talking to one of my buddies about it, and I said, man, it's crazy like if you go to like if you take some visual arts classes or something like that, like you'll be a more successful hunter than me and you will ever be hundred percent you will like if you can learn yeah. how to take good pictures and get good angles and good shots, you don't even have to kill anything like and I'm not knock, knocking girls that hunt cuz there are a lot of right. badasses out there that really do yeah, there are. that do get after it but but how many times on social media have you seen a girl buy a bow and she's got big ass big tits and she's out there yep. every picture is her shooting her bow but she never kills and anything ne- well, never hunting <laughs> no and it's just like why are you using something that i thoroughly enjoy doing as like a thing for you to gain like notoriety and like yeah. fame and then next thing you know like psc or whatever like oh yeah she's on our pro staff team like for yep. what like what is she like i remember
1: one time there i was I, a page and i was scrolling through and i'm like is this person even hunt and i looked and there was one photo of her holding a bluegill sweet but her profile said you know she's a hunter and outdoorsman and or avid hunter or and
0: athlete ember. see athlete a lot too
1: yeah and I, i'm like, you caught a bluegill and you shoot a bow that was probably given to you by somebody, right? Right. You're
0: not a hunter. No, it's, and it's crazy. And it's like, you know, this is what a lot of these big brands are going to though. They're, they're getting away from the actual real, um, I'm going to say like the core of hunting. Yeah. Like the craft, you know, like the woodsmanship, like actually knowing what the hell you're doing out there, you know? And a lot of people tell me, they're like, you hate new hunters. And I'm like, I don't hate new hunters at all. I get annoyed no. by some new hunters because they follow the wrong people. Yeah, like, like there's, like I, I love the new hunters that come in and they have like a mentor and they're in it for the right reasons and they're doing the right thing. Right. Like the new hunters that come in, they're like, "Yeah, I just bought a Hoyt. <sighs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna start filming this year. I know everything about this." And it's like, you don't know Boyd shit, and tickle, dude. baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's just like. It, it, it's sad because like Hoyt does make good bow. Like I don't shoot a Hoyt, but, but they have like yeah. a good bow, but it's like, um, it's just getting ruined because I mean, a lot of dudes look at guys like Cam Haynes and Joe Rogan and Steve Ranilla. And I mean, while they're all like super sound
1: individuals, like, yeah,
0: that's not how you hunt, man.
1: Like Campbell, I, you know, I've heard, I, I was fortunate enough to have a quick chat with Cam and, and, um and knowing people that know him personally and it's so cool because you could shoot some off-brand walmart bow mm-hmm. and all you've ever killed was a spike buck and he will be just as jacked up for you as yeah. someone who shoots a Matthews hoyt whatever and kills a world record elk right you know and but that's i was gonna say that too is you get these kids out there and they buy their hoyt they buy their sit cut they buy their you know whatever all this top name stuff because that's what's cool on instagram and meanwhile, some dude that doesn't even have social media is just slaying with yeah. a Walmart setup.
0: Oh, I I know some he, dudes
1: because he's got woodsmanship.
0: Yeah, I know some guys that have no social media. That one of them has shot a two hundred and two inch deer in Michigan. Nobody will ever know about it because he doesn't nope. have social media, and he doesn't. It doesn't. Nobody needs to know about it. Yeah, it it's insane. Like that's what um. I've, I've ran into a lot of people that, that look up to dudes like Cameron Haynes and, you know, and Mm -hmm. I'm like, I'm like, dude, you don't need to run 20 fucking miles, man, a day to, to kill a deer, man. I'm telling you like, and and this is like one of my huge arguments, not, I wouldn't say argument or anything, but it's a huge thing of mine where, where it's like people who spend more time, like, like a brand new hunter spends more time working out and running and stuff like that. Like, there's nothing wrong with working out and running. I'm not saying that at all, but no but they sacrifice learning the craft yeah you know and it's like learning the craft of hunting and like woodsmanship i feel like is is more important than you know being top tier physically fit like yeah if you learn the craft and you learn how to hunt your ass is always going to be out in the woods doing something anyways like you're gonna yep you're not going to be like some fat slob on the couch you know it's not going to happen like you're still going to be fit you're just gonna be little uh, outdoor
1: fit hunting OJT.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. That's what um, I would tell like my Marines when we were uh, like going to uh, like a combat deployment, and they'd be like, "Oh, like there's no fucking gym. I'm gonna lose all my gains." I'm like, "Dude, you're <laughs> gonna be like a gazelle when we get back because you're gonna be like, I mean, first of all, you're gonna be skinny as hell, and you're just gonna yep. be like combat fit, and you're still gonna yep. <laughs> you're still gonna be strong. You're just you're just strong in a different way now. Like I I don't know how yeah. to describe it. Yeah, yeah. I agree. It, it's crazy. Like the, just what people think is necessary. I guess that's what I'm trying to get at is like what people think is necessary to be in the outdoors now. And it's like, man, it's so much simpler than that. Like,
1: yeah. Like take half of that and throw it down the garbage. <laughs> pretty much.
0: Yeah. And I've even heard guys that, um, that like on podcasts and stuff, they're like, man, they're like, when I first started this, like we're talking about like hunting and stuff. They're like, I was listening to the wrong people or following the wrong people. Yep. Like I should have been following this guy because the way I hunt resonates more with him rather than, you know, like if you live in the East or, you know, Midwest, like you're not going to hunt like someone out West. It's totally different. Like, yeah. You know, there's different things that go. Like when I put that, um when I put that little thing on my story about like working out and hunting or whatever, like, it was crazy. Sure. All the people from the West, it was it was mostly most people I know from the West that said that, yes, like, hunting should be considered, like, an athletic event. And then yeah. most people from the Midwest and the East said no. You know, they are like, no, it's just like, you know, whatever. And it, and it kind of, it was weird to, like, draw that and like, huh. That's definitely, I didn't expect, at first I didn't expect it, but then it made sense because a lot of people in the yeah. West are going up and down, up and down, you know, climbing mountains and shit, which, it's cool, but. To, I, I think
1: a general level of fitness is, I guess, important because, I mean, you know, if if you're in shape and you fall, you're not going to be as hurt as if you're not in shape and fall. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. Right. So I think yeah. a certain level of fitness is important, but it, it like you said, it does, there's no reason to like. Okay, I have to squat 800 pounds and run 20 miles in order to kill a white tip. No, you yeah. don't. Right. <laughs> Your grandpa didn't.
0: No, like, no, straight up, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's... Your grandpa drank Budweisers and smoked Marlboros in a ten-foot ladder stand, and we shooting giants. Yeah, and he was wearing a flannel. Yeah. yeah, flannel and blue jeans, getting it done. I think it it might give you an advantage in some situations. I've noticed that when I retired from powerlifting and started running and getting in better shape, it gave me a little bit of an advantage when it came to coyotes. If I'm shooting them three hundred yards downhill and I got to drag them back up, yeah, but I was I was able to do that before i was doing those things it just took a little bit longer absolutely yeah
0: no i mean no i i will will always agree that there has to be some level of fitness but like i can't believe that you know like when i see people they're like i'm a piece of shit because i didn't run 10 miles a day i'm like who said that i mean
1: they're just keep them separate hobbies you know if they work with each other then great but train to train hunt to hunt don't Train to hunt and hunt to train. <laughs> yeah,
0: I always get a kick out of like the Instagram handles that I see where it's like for deadlifting for venison or I don't, you know, like these generic handles oh, yeah. and it's like, bro, come those. on, dude. <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, man, that's just like mountain ops. Those. Please sponsor me. I mean,
1: <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, get- <laughs> Give me, give me a little Debbie and folders and I'd take that over mountain Ops any day.
0: <laughs> Dude, I I definitely am one of those people where I've seen the meme where it was like, everybody hunts for meat, but then it shows like the the shit from the store that they're eating, like while they're out hunting. That's definitely yep. me. Like, like, I'm horrible. Like, it's bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's something else that I wanted to talk. About. Oh, so with the, like, so the coyote hunting and all this, Yeah. Um, what do you like? Do you do anything with the fur
1: or the hide or anything like that, or or no? I don't. Um, I tried to for a while there, yeah. but to be honest, there's I mean the the cost of fur, the prices on them right now are still low. Yeah, it's trash. Um, yeah, I for a long time and I and I'll still do it in the warmer months. I'll do Euro mount, um for myself or for friends if they get one or something. But
2: mm-hmm.
1: outside of that. I do want to keep a bunch of hides and make a big old throw blanket for um, my wife and I, but I mean, for the most part, just shoot them. I hunt a lot of places with, uh, you know, their white tail and turkey population benefit from it. A lot of dairy farms, you know, they're having calves killed and pigs killed. And um, I've got a lot of places who have gotten in touch with me because their dog or cat was killed or beat up. And, you know, there's, so that's where a lot of my land access comes from. It's just here people hearing about me. through the grapevine. And then yeah. I go out there and hunt coyotes and, you know, it just opens up an opportunity for another piece of land.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. That's what, right. um, yeah, no, I started, I have my, like my own, like company, I guess you can say called Veterans Trapping Alliance. And, uh, yeah. And I'm not like fully into it yet. Cause I'm still in, I had some days like trapping takes a lot of time and dedication, but, uh, but I'm gonna share something with you that I thought about doing, and since you're dealing in fur as well as I am, um, mm-hmm. some of the like some of the catches that I've had this year, what I'm actually doing is I uh, I skinned them and I put them in my freezer, and uh, this mm-hmm. summer or whenever I have time, I'm gonna flesh them and tan them, and I'm gonna yeah. just see if I could put them up on my website. So I could use the money from the hides to buy, like, more trapping supplies for veterans in yeah. active duty. And I was just saying, like, that might be something that you might want to do, like, with your hides as well. Just, I mean, not every single one of them because some of them are going to be right. trash. But, like, some of the nicer the ones. Yeah, yeah, no. But, you know, you might have something there where, you know, you might be able to make a little money in, like, the private market where, you know, if you market yourself right, then people will buy your oh, fur yeah. for – uh I mean, dude, I know ammo's not cheap, you know, and sure right. <laughs> you know all that I mean it could be a supplement in income. that's the way I'm looking at it honestly, because the fur market is trash, the prices are trash, and Yeah, we all need to find different ways to uh to market ourselves and and I believe that there's like an untapped resource there with the fur with with uh people that you know they they want something cool like some decor to hang up in their man cave or whatever and uh I mean, it might be worth it, man. You you might make you know yeah. fifty, sixty bucks off a of pelt. You know, if I feel like people that are in it for the right reasons are gonna, you're gonna attract people, and people are gonna help you out. You know, and that's oh yeah, that's definitely good. I definitely, a good way I definitely to got
1: talk. that in the back of my head. I thought about that for a while. It's just a matter of uh, moving on it. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. No, I, I'm so. definitely I'm definitely gonna do it. Um, especially next yeah. year, I'm gonna do it a lot more because I know. Like, I have this whole thing in my head that I want to do for veterans as far as, like, trapping goes and putting, like, kits yeah. together. And those kits aren't cheap. I mean, they run uh, anywhere oh, from yeah. 150 to $200. But I want them to be, like, free for the veteran, you know, so they have their own shit to get their own exactly trap line That's gun. what I'm
1: running with Addy's Outdoors, too, is making sure that all they got to do is show up and dress for the weather and in some yep. circumstances get their little three-day permit, but that's it. Yeah.
0: Oh, no, that's super but sweet,
1: yeah. Another thing that you need to do is get down to Ohio and go hunt with me.
0: <laughs> I drive through Ohio, like, probably, I don't know, six times a year. Well, so no it, would it would be 12 years, that it would be 12 times, because i probably go back to Michigan at least six times
1: a year. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, you said you're in north northeast Ohio?
1: Yeah, northeast Ohio, just south of Youngstown, in the now world-famous East Palestine. How's all that going, by the way? Uh, who knows you know how our trustworthy media and government make sure that we are well aware of all the happening
0: yeah i mean because you're so, like right there right yeah i 3.2 miles
1: as the crow flies
0: jesus christ i
1: mean so we're fortunate enough we live out in the country on the outside of town so honestly like there's sometimes we forget it even happened because it's so quiet where i live gotcha
0: okay yeah I was you're very say. quickly
1: reminded if you go into town though
0: I, I bet yeah that's crazy yeah no, I will definitely, definitely make my way down there to Coyote Hunt. I mean, I don't have any excuse why good. not. I mean, especially here soon, I'll be out. I'll be free. Yeah. So, yeah. Good to go, man. No, it'll be sweet. Um, Yeah. And, dude, you're more than welcome to come up here to New York, dude. I mean, I know no one likes New York. They're all like, oh, my God. But there are some, <laughs> there are some great hunting and fishing opportunities up here, some outstanding hey, ones.
1: Hunting and fishing, I'm good to go wherever.
0: Absolutely, we'll definitely have to we'll, we'll have to talk offline and get something set up for sure.
1: Definitely, I agree. Yeah,
0: but yeah, man, it was uh, it was great talking to you, dude. I'm 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 happy you came on. Uh, We had a great conversation and we talked about a lot of a lot of stuff that never gets talked about. So I really I appreciate agree. you
1: came on, on for it, one me. topic and ended up covering like five others.
0: <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, hey, it's all right though. It was, it. it was good. It was good shit.
1: Yep, for Sure. I
0: agree. Yeah, but yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to jump off here and uh you have a good rest of your day and we'll definitely keep in touch about the coyote hunt and you coming up here as well.
1: Good deal, man. I appreciate you having me on. Thank you.
0: For sure. Absolutely, brother.
1: All right, I'll talk to you soon.
0: All right, see ya.